theme I see is that things change. They change a lot, and they change typically in the direction of customers having more choice and there being more competition. So you have to do everything you can to serve your customers, meet their needs, and realize that you have to stand out and that there will always be more and more competition. So you need to find ways that, you know, whether it's you're going to be the most innovative retailer or you're going to be the most customer-friendly retailer, like find what that edge is and really protect that so that you stand out in the marketplace. Well, good day and welcome once more to Commerce Today. My name's Darren and I'm very excited to be here and as always with our uh, Funfield co-host, Josh. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing good. Enjoying our uh, new but temporary office. Uh, Oh yeah, definitely want to let you know you could hear a elevator elevating with the bell dinging. Uh, We've got a new doorbell that might, I don't think it will, but it might go off randomly. And, well, who knows what else might happen here at our uh, temporary new location, but we're excited about it. And with that, we're excited about a little bit different of a uh, of a show today. We want to kind of dig in a little bit deeper and kind of give you a little more background around Josh, his background, how he got into e-commerce, and how this all got started. So, Josh, what for you motivated you to enter the e-commerce industry back then, and, and how has that journey evolved since? Yeah. So way back then, um, man, I feel old. The way back machine. Yeah. Um, so I was interested in software development. Like I, I was one of those kids that grew up playing with uh, Basic back in the MS DOS days, the good old uh, Gorilla game and all that. Um, yeah. So always interested in, in development. And um, I actually had somebody I was working for just as a day job, completely unrelated to e-commerce or, or programming, and. He had an idea that he wanted to start an e-commerce site and said, hey, you're a software developer. You can figure that out, right? I said, yeah, that looks interesting. And so started a project for him, but then also just kind of realized like 1999 was an interesting year for the internet. And it seemed like um, brands that were selling things online, while some of them didn't make it, RIP the, uh, was it a sock puppet? I think it was pets.com that had like that sock puppet. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of brands that didn't make it, but there was just some really interesting stuff. Like it was a fun time to be involved in the internet, but I think e-commerce especially, like there's just so much cool stuff happening in 99 that really caught my attention and uh, made me realize it was something I wanted to make a career out of. Well, that's cool. Well, the early days of the the languages that that you were using, what were some of the challenges that you faced dealing with PHP, OS Commerce and Ruby on Rails. I mean, this is long before even uh, figuring out uh, things with Magento. Yeah, yeah. So I started um, in the early days of PHP 3. So we're up to a much higher number than that now. (laughs) Isn't it double digits? uh, Not yet. Not Not yet. yet. But yeah, there's some debate over when it'll get to that point. Um, But yeah, so I started out and... uh, writing everything by hand in PHP and PostgreSQL, which doesn't mean anything to most people, but for developers that have been around a while does. Um, And uh, yeah, there were no frameworks. There were no, like it was all written by hand. Um, No other stuff to help you with. I mean, not even really good development environments for PHP back then. Um, So OS Commerce came out in like early, mid 2000. And that was at least, hey, here's a pre-built platform that runs on PHP. I don't have to do everything myself from scratch. Hmm. Um, 
And then uh, actually also in 2000 when PHP 4 came out, um, got a, a lot of business and I did a lot of work just updating. It was almost like the Y2K moment for PHP apps where there were so many apps that broke in PHP 4 and so oh, many wow. websites. So spent some time on that. Um, and then it was, um, it was right around 2007. I had a client that outgrew OS Commerce, didn't want to use OS Commerce anymore. And I said, I'm, I'm, there's this cool thing called Ruby on Rails. I'm going to write an e-commerce platform from scratch. And I tried that for a few months. And I finally was like, you know, and especially Darren, you know me, like <laughs> after a few months of any one thing, I was done. You lost, <laughs> lost that love and feeling. Yeah. And that is uh, right about when Magento was first released. And I took a look at it and said, wow, this is a lot better than OS Commerce. It's a lot better than anything else. And someone else wrote it, so I don't have to write it. And uh, yeah, that's when I started uh, using Magento and have been using it ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, going back to maybe that the the beginning of this question because you kind of ended up going into the Magento and leading us to that. But going back as a as a freelance developer in those early years, what were some of those key lessons that and and experiences that shaped then your approach to kind of e commerce development? And ultimately, the founding of Creativity. Yeah, a lot of it was realizing that trying to do everything yourself um, <laughs> didn't work. Right. And that there is a power in, especially with Magento being an open source platform, there's a power in being part of and using technology that's being used by a lot of other people and that's being built by a lot of other people and not just one person, one company. And so that's always been like my desire is as much as possible Let's use tools that other people have written and open sourced. Let's open source our own work. Let's contribute back to that. Like it really built a strong open source ethos into the work that I do. Um, and it, it, it was a magical time. And, it, and I think open source still has this power. I mean, I'm seeing this with some of the AI stuff where back then, because Magento was open source, anybody could launch an e-commerce site. Like you didn't have to go buy software. You mm -hmm. didn't have to, like it really leveled the playing field. Um, wow. And so, yeah, that was that was kind of a, a lesson I learned, especially after trying to write some things myself or use some closed platforms. So is that what led to ultimately opening and, and starting Creativity was, was having that and being able to have that already built platform that then you could build upon? That was a big part of it. Also, um, just Magento's growth. So I just started getting more and more people that wanted me to do do work for them on the Magento platform. And I realized that even working 60, 80, 90 hours a week, there just weren't enough hours. So you had to expand and, and ultimately kind of leading to the to the next piece, you know, how has creativity evolved? This all started in 2008. So we're now 2023, 15 years later. How is it? Uh, how has creativity evolved, and and what are some of the the key pieces, critical factors that really contributed to the to the growth and changes with creativity? Oh man, it has grown and <laughs> evolved quite a bit. I would say so. When we first started, we were all developers. We were developers developing. We were also developers building, developers contracting, developers selling, developers project managing, which is especially scary. For those keeping score at home, you can see where there's a crash. This is like a train going down the tracks. There is a, the, you can see the light in the tunnel, but it's coming straight at you. Yeah, yeah. We made it, we made it uh, three years before the crash. <laughs> and it wasn't really a crash so much as an intervention. <laughs> um, others that I knew basically saying, Josh, you might need more than just developers. Um 
And still to this day, like we've always been, so my background being in software development, we've always been a very dev focused agency. Um, but we've realized you have to have balance. Um, and really with anything, like any aspect of the business, it's just learning you have to have, have some balance. And I think very early on, especially the early excitement of early 2000s e-commerce, it was easy to not have that balance. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So as you as we think about kind of the 15 years of uh, of creativity, but looking at the broader industry, what are during this time and over this, what are some of the big in industry changes that that you've seen, been a part of, and and then how has that maybe adjusted or impacted how you approach creativity and how creativity approached then the, the market? Yeah, I, I think. There's two big trends, I think, over this. Um, and the first is just early days. Anybody could set up an e-commerce website, get traffic, make good money. Um, and I think there was less competition. So there's less competition for the merchants. There was also less competition among the agencies. And I mm. think now, if you're starting a new e-commerce business, you have to have a really solid, unique idea. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to go sell t-shirts online because – it's been done. And right. kind of the same thing with agencies. Like you have to, your agency has to have something that causes it to stand out. Um, the other big trend though, and, and when I was thinking about this, for some reason, there's been so many technology shifts over the years, but the ones that stick with me are the front end changes. And I'm specifically thinking about when we went from, I mean, kind of pre-CSS, very basic graphical interfaces on the web, like websites were there was only one resolution, one size screen you were designing for, um, and you weren't even really designing that much um, to a, a bit more of a modern approach. And then obviously when responsive design became big, that was a huge shift of, oh, okay, now whether it's a 27-inch screen or a four-inch screen, site's going to look good. Exactly. And then now shifting even further into headless and PWAs and other technologies like that, like there's been some big shifts in really comes down to user expectations, like what customers expect to be able to do online. And that has required us to basically constantly reinvent ourselves, reinvent our processes, and just keep learning and evolving and innovating. How, this is a little off script, but I wanted to, you brought it up kind of as the future on the headless and stuff. How big of an impact do you, and I know this is maybe where li, even headless is somewhat, a little bit old news. It's not, it's not definitely not the new, new news, but I guess how big of an impact do you see that making in in the e-commerce in commerce businesses? I think the the big impact from headless is as more and more platforms and tools adopt that headless approach, it creates a lot more choice. So 5 years ago if you're going to buy an e-commerce platform, that platform you had to like the front end and the back end cuz you couldn't separate. You were stuck. Them. You were stuck whereas now you can go out there and say, okay, I want to use this back end, but I want to build my own front end or pull in this other front end tool. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's driving more choice. Um, kind of going back to what I said earlier, that means that there's more competition. You have to do more things to stand out. So I think the platforms are going to have to to fight more and potentially even you know question their their pricing models and their business models a bit because if I if five years ago or two years ago I'm paying, you know, platform A for back end and front end services, and then I go to them now and say, Hey, I'm not going to use your front end anymore. I'm only going to use the back end. I'm now spending money with someone else for the front end. I might be thinking, Hey, can I now pay you less? Like what Exactly. 
Yeah, I was just thinking about what if the automobile industry was headless? Yeah. Can you imagine? I can choose the the frame that I want that y- y- I think of all the competition in, in trucks and just think about buying yeah. a truck. And, well, I want a, a Ram of this. I want the Ford of this and a Chevy of, of something else. Anyway, a little off topic here, but uh, back on as we, uh, as we kind of bring this around. So how has your role as CEO at Creativity, how has that evolved over the years? And, you know, what are, what are the key leadership pieces that you kind of your guiding principles that you work from? Yeah, it's changed a lot. We first started, it was just me. I was doing everything. Um, and it's been, it's honestly been really awesome over the years to watch as I brought in other people and, you know, have whole teams doing things that I used to do and giving them an opportunity to have a job they enjoy and especially get out of some things that I don't enjoy. Right. Um, and so that's where, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, the, the role I'm in now, I'm really able to spend a lot of my time kind of focusing on um, innovation, change, kind of where, where the industry is going, where we need to be going. And um, also in basically coaching and training up some of our leaders. And that's been, that's been great. That's been a, an awesome evolution. I think that the very beginning when I was in the trenches doing everything myself was really exciting. Um, but I think this is an even more exciting kind of chapter for me. Um, and as far as the leadership principles, really a lot of it, I just, I try to do my best. I try to give people opportunities to do their best. Um, some of my most fulfilling moments have been when I found someone that maybe wasn't from the industry, maybe didn't quite have the qualifications, but I saw they could be coached to it. I saw they could mm-hmm. grow into it. And really taking that chance on those people and helping them grow into their roles, um, that's been really cool. You've um, got some fun success stories there. So that may be a, another episode for another day. But definitely, that's a, that's a great principle to have is to really growing others and building that. So here's a fun one for you. Um, uh, can you share a particularly uh, memorable or challenging project from your career in e-commerce and what was the impact that it had on you and the business? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's already several videos online about this one. So I think I'm fine to talk about it. And that would be the Royal King Project. So this was um, this was back in the days when big companies had buy online, pick up in store, but like midsize and smaller companies, just that technology wasn't accessible yet. So Royal King at the time had Oh, I want to say 100, 150 stores. Um, and they wanted to deploy buy online, pick up in store. But they decided that they, they really believed in the go big or go home approach. So it was <laughs> change their e-commerce platform, deploy buy online, pick up in store, deploy a PIM, deploy a new system for generating shipping labels. And there's probably another piece that I'm forgetting. And they wanted to go live with it all on the same day. It was all... One project all oh the same day. That is the first and last time we ever did that. <laughs> we have, it was a, a successful project, a successful launch, but it was a trying launch in a lot of ways. And even from a customer service training perspective, like changing all those systems on the, the customer, on the employees all at once was a little much. So now we we take more of a phased approach. Um, so that was kind of the, the big lesson learned from that one. Oh, absolutely. Wow, that sounds... Uh... That sounds interesting and challenging all at the same time. Well, as our as we kind of close it up with our last question here, based on uh, all of your experience in the industry, what uh, what would be your advice 
to uh, or what advice do you have for merchants looking to succeed in today's competitive online marketplace? Just thinking through everything we talked about today, the the theme I see is that things change. They change a lot and they change typically in the direction of customers having more choice and there being more competition. So you have to do everything you can to serve your customers, meet their needs, and realize that you have to stand out and that there will always be more and more competition. So you need to find ways that, you know, whether it's you're going to be the most innovative retailer or you're going to be the most customer-friendly retailer, like find what that edge is and really protect that so that you stand out in the marketplace. Well, and it's one of those things where the, like all things, it's a balance. You know, you can, you can go overboard in one area and be the most innovative and innovate yourself almost out of the market because then the customer either doesn't understand or the customer isn't caught up to you. So there is some balance to that, but definitely change is inevitable. Yep. And like anything else, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. Well, and I even have, ironically or, or funnily enough, um, t-shirt I'm wearing is from a company called Cotton Bureau. Cotton Bureau, one of the main reasons I buy from them and they stick out in my head is – they innovate. They actually, and I forget what the company was before, but they were part of a company before they were CottonBureau.com where they were one of the very first responsive sites out there. Like they were the very first that made it really easy to order from your desktop or your phone. And I liked that. And I appreciated that. And I just kind of thought it was cool. And mm-hmm. so that has, I've become a, a loyal customer for life basically because I know that, hey, when it comes to new uh, patterns and design, they're going to be first to, to deploy those. And I like buying from companies that do that. Very cool. All right. Well, that company just uh, got a small plug in there. Um, as always, we are very happy to have you uh, on board for this uh, trip down memory lane. And Josh, thank you so much for sharing all of your background, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations of, uh, of your journey in e-commerce. So with that, uh, until next time, we'll see you. We'll see you.